Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of the show. Today, I've got Tom Peavy and Brooks Childress with me as we have a lot of different topics that we're going to hit on today. Uh, just kind of a smattering of things, not any one large conversation like we did yesterday, but some of the topics we'll hit on today include some Atlanta Braves after they lose to another American League team that is towards the bottom of the barrel. We'll talk a little bit about that and the injury to Marcel Azuna. We'll talk about how the Texas Longhorns were defeated in the Super Regionals last night, and that's going to spark a little bit of a conversation for us. Most painful losses, I know that's going to be negative, but it is a rainy day. Uh, most painful losses you've experienced as a sports fan or most painful ways to lose uh, in various sports. So we'll talk a little bit about that today, and we'll have much, much more throughout the program, a breakdown of what happened last night in the NBA Finals. And, of course, all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with me here this afternoon. Brooks, we'll start with you. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing great. It is a it, it's a, still a wonderful Tuesday, even though it's raining here in Auburn. Uh, but it, it is it's a wonderful Tuesday. Um, we are you know uh, t- keep talking about uh, some some baseball stuff. The Braves uh, disappointing last night, kind of fell apart at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we had some some fun college baseball games last night. One went late into the night uh, down in Hattiesburg, and then the other one uh, had a very interesting ending. So we'll, we'll talk all about that, and uh, can't wait to talk to all of our callers. And it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun Tuesday here on, on Sports Call. Absolutely, Tom PV also on the show. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I've been running around since early today trying to get out ahead of these storms and get some errands run. So. Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, I watched that baseball game last night, and wow, I, I'm I'm ready to talk about that one because there's just a lot of stuff that we can get into with it. But man, what a what a heartbreaker if you're if you're a Texas player, fan, alumni, or whatever. But then just the joy of being Stanford and seeing how that ended that just an incredible game. So yeah, doing good. Ready to talk all about it. Yeah, I was watching some some po- uh, post game from the finals last night over on ESPN two. They had SVP moved over there, and uh, SVP was was breaking down the game with Tim Legler, and they said what well, just had a walk off over on ESPN. So we're about to move over there. So I turned it over, and I was uh, again I could not care the result of, of Texas and Stanford really, uh, especially not in college baseball, and I saw. Uh, I knew that Stanford was the home team, so I knew that Stanford had walked them off uh, if, if there had been a walk-off. And so I saw how it happened. <laughs> and for those that don't know, 
Uh, Texas lost. Their outfielders lost. Both of them, right field and center field, lost a ball in the lights. Uh, and that is how they lost uh, and how they had their season in. So a little bit later, we're going to talk about worst ways for a season in worst losses we've experienced as a fan. So I guess that'll be a little bit of a sad conversation. What's also coming up in a week, speaking of losing fly balls in the lights, one week from now, the Thunder Chickens will be back at it. Uh, we're very excited uh, to be back on the softball field in one week. Hopefully it's not weather like this in one week, although we've certainly had instances where that's happened. Our, our fearless leader, J.J. Jackson, who uh, is kind of the GM of the club, has tried to put together the squad again this year. And so we're excited for another year of Thunder Chicken softball. Uh, and, and that will be coming up in one week. We'll have to do like a, a like last 15-minute segment each Tuesday of like Thunder Chicken pregame where we like announce the starting lineup and, and the uh, and all of that and the schedule for the night and, and maybe Justin Ferguson can rib us a little bit too. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways to to uh, promote the Thunder Chickens again this year. Uh, that'll be really exciting. But uh, we have uh, we've had our fair share of uh, of outfield miscues and and all kinds of miscues with the Thunder Chickens. But uh, expect a little bit less out of us than out of the Texas Longhorns. Uh, last night uh, also on the baseball diamond last night the Braves unfortunately blew a pretty large lead uh, blowing a late lead a 5-2 lead where Rossell Glacius blew blew his second save of the year it's a it's a weird dynamic guys where Braves go on this really long hot streak uh, right after losing to the A's and then they have a game where it looks like they're going to be perfectly fine in against a bad Detroit team, and they blow that one. Uh, it's it's kind of – I don't know if there's a bigger story here because it's, again, in, in the scheme of things, they're 7-2 and two in their last nine. But uh, how weird is it to see the Braves play so well against pretty good teams and then against American League teams they're not used to kind of struggling? I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, last night, obviously, that was just the bullpen imploding. I mean, that's a game that you had in the grasp – and you felt like it was going to be an easy win, and all of a sudden it slipped away from you there at the end. And, I mean, that's on the bullpen. Um, it is weird, though. I mean, you you stumble and bumble against the, the lowly A's, and now you've lost the first one here to the Detroit Tigers. It's like, man, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, you know, play down to your competition or what it is. But, yeah, it's one of those things. It, you don't like to see it, but like we talked about with the A's uh, series, you know, Right now, it's not a big deal just because there's so much baseball left to be played. But if it ends up affecting them later on down the road, then you can look back on it and go, wow, you know, that that was a sign of things to come. But right now, it's not something to really sweat over. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. It's just, you know, it, 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 it's just something about going and playing some of the, the lower AL teams that the, the Braves can't just, uh, and or especially, or not just lower AL teams, just on the road and AL teams. You saw the. Braves were on a really hot streak about a month or so ago, and then they went in, uh, up to Toronto. And Toronto's a good baseball team, but they couldn't get anything started there. Um, they they went down, and it you know it felt like they were going to struggle with against the Rangers. Uh, they won that series, but then you go on the road to Oakland lost the series now you're on uh, the verge of losing the series at detroit so i don't know what it is about playing on the road at al teams but uh they they just can't uh they, they can't get get the winning ways going against them but hopefully you get it turned around tonight you get a you get a little bit of a 
reprieve tonight, get get back in the lineup. You know, Marcelo Zuno left last night after getting hit. He did run the bases, but then took him back. They ended up saying a left or a right wrist contusion, and so he's not in the lineup tonight. I think Eddie Rosario is the DHing tonight for the Braves, and so. Uh, we'll we'll see if he's back in time for the weekend. I'm, I I would be you know if, if they're holding him out tonight, I don't think they'd bring him back tomorrow. Maybe they'll, they'll hold him back until they get back to Atlanta on Thursday against the Rockies for the weekend, and uh, you know hopefully he can get back in the lineup and and uh, be productive again. But it it's uh, you know I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think the Braves still have the the capabilities to beat the the Tigers tonight and tomorrow night and win the series, but. It's just been baffling how they've gone on the road to these AL teams and have not played their best baseball. And then also kind of baffling if you watch the first month of the year that it's a it's a big loss if Marcelo Zuna misses a decent amount of time. He's been hitting three thirty since the beginning of May, beginning of May, which is now a month and a half. It's not just the month of May. It's uh, he's been carrying a hit streak the last week or so uh, into play against this Tiger series. Had a double in the in his first at bat before getting hit he's up to 246 or 247 he's telling you guys off air earlier he's up to the third best slugging percentage on the team he's even passed matt olson in slugging percentage i get some of that due to olson's lower batting average although it's not much lower than azuna's uh but uh, azuna has really come on and, and had one of the better seasons now overall uh and it's Really, when you look at it, I know you don't count spring training for much, too. Really, you're looking at now three out of four months where he's played well because he hit 300 in spring. That was part of the basis why I was a little more patient with him in April than than some, even though it was as bad as, as you can play because it told me that he had come into the, 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 the preseason in a good frame of mind and working hard and – and understanding that he had to have a better year. So he's actually been quite good for an extended period of time this season. And so hopefully he does not miss a lot of time. Now it's good news that Kevin Pillar is such a quality outfielder because that's why Rosario moved the DH is Pillar will play left field, get him more at bats. And uh, he still, in my opinion, could start for a few teams in the outfield. So that's a quality bat. Obviously Sam Hilliard was hot earlier in the year. He was who, he was who – pinch ran and got thrown out the plate last night in the top of the 10th inning if you're watching that one what did you guys think i don't know if you watched any of it i think brooks you watched a little bit i don't know if tom you watched any of it ben ingram did tv last night uh everyone loves ben doing radio he was a name that was considered for the tv job before right. brandon god and got it uh so if, if you saw some of of some of ben last night what do you think of him doing doing tv he was 100% still calling for radio. Like there, there was no difference in, in the rate. I, I, I told you earlier off air, but I turned it on, was listening to him and I had to go online and pull up the radio feed to make sure that they weren't just doing like a radio pass through where they were just bringing the the radio audio over. And when I got on there, it was Joe Simpson was talking like, well, that's not Peter Moylan, who was the, the, um, the color analyst last night for TV, but I thought it was fine. Um, it was, you know, it's just weird hearing them when you're, you're used to hearing them just on the radio and, you know, having a visual element to it um, when when he's there. But, you know, 100% calling for radio, still a great voice, uh, still still a great broadcaster. Um, and, and yeah, it, it's it, he did a good job, I thought. It showed you that difference that we alluded to uh, in the offseason when, Bra- when, when Bally was deciding that the radio and TV are different. And, and those that don't, maybe work in one of those mediums uh, don't realize that. But 
you know, when you're on radio, you got to describe every single thing. Every single thing. Uh, you need to describe the pitch location, what kind of pitch, what, you know, where it missed, and you've got to describe if the ball is hit in play to where and how hard and how easy the throw is. And there's so many things. But on TV, you just kind of add to what the visual is, and there's a l- allowance for some more, I don't want to say full storytelling, like, oh, 20 years ago, this person, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it allows for, for more contextual commentary uh, where you're you're kind of giving the ins and outs of how a player's been playing or, or uh, you know, you're just kind of reacting more to the, to the action rather than, uh, again, being the eyes and ears. Uh, so, you know, it, it is a different different form for sure i think that ben is still good but for sure he is just awesome on radio uh and uh we we we've talked to ben in the past and he certainly has a great passion for the radio side of things but uh it was interesting to see and i I like overall bally doing stuff like this over the course of 162 game season of of having some different people i was actually reminded scrolling through social media a little bit last night you know this was kind of how it used to be for the braves now Ben Ingram's not going to be slated to do 20, 30, 40 games. But if you'll recall, I mean, you would have a rotation where Skip Carey would do a lot, Pete Van Weeren. Uh, you would have, uh, obviously, Chip got worked in. Chip Carey got worked in in the early 2000s, so he would add to it. But it wasn't necessarily the same two two commentators right. every uh, every single night for the Braves. So, uh, so you know, that is something where it does not have to be 162 for a person. And you look at other uh, networks. That's certainly not the case either because some people have contracts with Fox or with ESPN and that sort of thing. And so uh, a rotational system is very much an option, but that's not at all taking away from the job Brandon Godden has done. I think he's done a great job, but but it is fun to mix it up a little bit, and, and that's not something that had been happening for the last several years. And I'll tell you what, some teams have taken it a step further. I don't know if, if anybody's familiar with the San Francisco Giants broadcast, they f- they used to I don't know if they still do it but they would flip their radio and TV broadcasters in the middle innings like they would just hmm. move booths and go call huh. it on the on TV or call it on radio for a couple innings and switch back. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, because it was um, uh, oh who who's who's the guy that um, uh, was on MLB 2K for a little bit. Uh, John Miller. Yeah. He was the radio guy, and okay. then he did some TV, and so they would flip-flop in Kruka the middle innings. Kruka was yeah. the other guy, yeah. Yep, they would, they would flip-flop in the middle innings. Now, uh, Dave Fleming does a lot of uh, Giants baseball on TV. I don't know if he flips over to the radio or not. They, they may have, like I said, they may have stopped that, but um but it, it was it was fun they took yeah. a step further where they're like oh, we're just going to flip our whole teams <laughs> that is something else well as we go to our first commercial break of the show want to again remind you of a cool event coming up now one week from today and no it's not thunder chickens it's the alabama sheriff's youth ranches memorial tournament held in honor of the eight children that lost their life on i-65 in june of 2021 this tournament taking place again next tuesday at robert trent jones gray national in opelika benefiting the alabama sheriff's youth ranches of course there are several across the state uh, in Baldwin County, Colbert County, St. Clair County, and Tallapoosa County. At the tournament, there will be morning and afternoon tea time option. Morning tea time players enjoy breakfast, a round of golf, Coca-Cola products, a catered lunch, and an awards ceremony after tournament play. 
afternoon tea times will our afternoon tea time players will enjoy a catered lunch, round of golf, Coca-Cola products, and an awards ceremony after play. First place gross and net division winning teams from both tea times will win a spot in the Tournament of Champions in 2024. Additional prizes will be awarded for second and third place winning teams. Special prizes will be awarded for long drive and closer to the pin on par three holes. Hole in one prize opportunities will also be available. The price for a four player team is $600. Sponsorship levels range from $200 for a whole sponsorship to $5,000 for the titanium level with increasing benefits given to to the highest tiers silver gold platinum and titanium sponsors receive at least one team in the event and recognition for their support please call pat downing at 334-462-0432 or call the administrative office at 334-213-2071 for more information on honoring these precious young people through this charitable event and the website is www dot a l s y r dot org we're going to take our first time out of the show when we come back we'll get the birthdays and sports and the auburn bank phone line you're listening to the tuesday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9 <laughs> want to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm i'm deshaun davis former auburn tigers football player and all sec linebacker you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday. Before we go any further in the show, let's get to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays and sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Sam Adams turns 50 today. Not the brewer of beer, but Adams, a former defensive tackle, played for six different teams throughout his NFL tenure. Super Bowl champion, former first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, and three-time Pro Bowler. Selected eighth overall in the 1994 NFL Draft out of Texas A&M. Gig him where he was a consensus All-American, finished his career with 44 sacks and 398 tackles. Straight out of Houston, Texas, Cypress Creek High School, go Cougars. Go Cougars. Sam Adams turns 58 today. 
Amir Abdullah turns 30, NFL running back out of Homewood, Alabama. Abdullah played college football at Nebraska. Corn. Was a first-team All-Big Ten and two-time All-Big Ten second-teamer. In 2013, Abdullah rushed for 1,690 yards, fourth most for a single season in Nebraska history. Played for four NFL teams, currently with the Las Vegas Raiders, and I can fill this one in because I am from the area, out of Homewood High School, the Patriots. That's right. So, Mir Abdullah is 30 today. Mike Weaver turns 72, former professional boxer who competed from 1972 to 2000 and held the WBA heavyweight title from 1980 to 1982. He is widely regarded as one of the best heavyweight boxers of the 1980s. His career record is 41-18-1, with 28 of his wins coming way of knockout. So, uh, tried to do a lot of research on old Mike Weaver here. Born in Gatesville, Texas, but they moved. his whole family moved to California when he was three or four. Uh, all I could find is that he, he was in Compton, California at one point, and then Pomona, California. And it says in high school he excelled in track and field and football and was offered a college scholarship. But nobody says where, where he went. Nobody's saying where he went to high school. It, but apparently it was in Pomona, California, one of the many schools there. And then he joined the uh, Marines at 17 years old and went to Vietnam. And that's where he got into a uh, fight at a boxing match in North Carolina and knocked a dude out. And somebody saw it and was like, hey, you could be a boxer. You could yeah. be here. And then Mike Weaver became a boxer. Yeah, but unfortunately, no high school, no college. Vietnam veteran. And yeah, that was it. Well, we, we certainly tried. And well, then, I, I tried. Right. <laughs> I've been trying for about 30 minutes to find a high school, but no. And then Kenesia Beckel turns 41 today. An Ethiopian long-distance runner. Gesundheit. Uh, yeah. Was the world record holder in both the 5,000-meter and 10,000-meter from the 2004 and 2005 until 2020, excuse me, he won the gold medal in both the 5,000 meter and 10,000 meter events at the 2008 Summer Olympics. At the 04 Olympics, he won the gold medal in 10,000 meter and silver medal in the 5,000 meter. Three gold medals to his name. Kinesia Beckel turns 41 today. Also, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that one was a little rough for the high school research, but uh, that yeah. is the birthdays in sports. Presented by Max Credit Union, Sam Adams, 50, Amir Abdullah, 30, Mike Weaver, 72, and Kenesia Beckel, Kenesa Beckel, I'm sorry, turns 41 today. That is the birthdays in sports, and we will take our next time out. Back with more sports call right after this. Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 
Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday. We spoke briefly about it yesterday, Tom, but again, five to six inches of rain for the next week. That is not <laughs> summer-like. That is a spring wave coming through. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest thing, and in, in this is the whole weather-aware thing, the rain is one thing. But we've got a chance of some there, tornadic activity. There's a chance tomorrow. of tornadic activity, but there there's also a chance of they were talking like hell up to baseball size hell. I mean, that's the type of storms that are supposed to be rolling at least close to this area. I think it's supposed to be mostly south. They're the main threats, but uh, for this area, you still need to be weather aware. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to your uh, your your weather activity, your your weather radios, your weather stations, whatever, because uh, there is. We are in what slight risk or moderate risk? Technically, Auburn will be in the orange, the the uh, enhanced Mo- risk enhanced, tomorrow. Yeah, enhanced risk. So, yeah, just be weather aware because uh, it could get pretty nasty if it uh, if it gets just a little bit nor- more north of where they're expecting it to be. It could get nasty around here. Yeah, it's uh, again very abnormal for this time of year to have that kind of uh, severe weather threat. Usually, that's reserved for for spring and fall, but it can happen on occasion and. Uh, yeah, that that will be tomorrow, but also just again rain and, and storms really throughout the entire week. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine to join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We go to that Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Ward Dam Steve, retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Hey, doing good, gentlemen. Uh, Tom and uh, Brooks, and is that it? Yes, sir. Okay, so the uh, three amigos. Well, let's get to it, guys. Uh, yeah, game of I did not watch it. I saw the final score, which was uh, it was pretty close. Was it this close the entire uh, game, or uh, how, how was it overall? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it, it never really became a uh, a blowout at any point. I mean, they they swapped the lead a couple times, and. Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, Denver got a little space there for a moment, but but no, I mean it was it was close throughout. Okay, well, considering how close that uh, game was fought, then I had this quote for you. Uh, it's a rather underwhelming uh, quote uh, for for the, uh, the the game championship. Uh, here's a quote, guys. You probably know who said it. I, it made me laugh. Quote: "It's good. The job is done. We can go home now." Nikola Jokic. Yes. I mean, really? This is what you got to say about playing on a team that hasn't won an uh, NBA championship in the entire uh, history of the program? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Jokic has been uh, – he's not been one for media headlines. He's not been one to um, – you know, he, he seems like he, uh, more than anything, is just showing up, do his job, and go home. You know, they talk about – maybe half the league doesn't truly love basketball. And a lot of those guys, it's not a good thing that they don't love basketball. I think Jokic is probably one of the guys that doesn't truly love basketball, but he's one of those people that just shows up and does his job to the best visibility. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that uh, as incredible as he is, I yeah, the dude just wanted to go back home. He just wanted to go back home to Serbia. He's got a big, I think, farm out there. And he just wants, yeah, he's ready to go home. And this, to me, is what uh, is so to, to me uh, so, so defining uh, from the pros versus college, uh, because in college you'd never—I I don't, I don't think—when uh, our team won that championship, they say, "Yeah, good job, uh, we did it, and we're going home now." Can you imagine 
uh, Cam Newton or uh, Gene Chizik saying that? Right. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't see that. Nope. So the, the, the passion is what I go for. Something. Wow. What an underwhelming. He got MVP as well. Yeah. I mean, he's an awesome. He's probably the best player in the league right now. I mean, he's an awesome player. Okay. Well, how about some sports trivia regarding uh, Denver? How many of you guys know or don't know what the original name was for the Denver Nuggets? I don't. Couldn't tell you. I don't think I know. Well. This is a shocker because I didn't know it until I saw it. They actually were called the Denver. Hold on, the Denver. This will throw some fear to the enemies. The Denver Larks. 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 Hmm. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, uh, they actually were the charter member of the ABA as they were known back then, and they were one of the original four ABA teams that eventually became and went and joined the NBA. Uh, the other. Three ABA teams. Would you happen to know who they were? Uh, off the top of my head, no, I don't think so. Neither did I. They were the San Antonio, Indiana, and Brooklyn. Hmm, okay. okay. So if you didn't know it then, you do now. Now you do. You do now. So that's for that one. All right. Then I gave you a little teaser yesterday about uh, some uh, apparently uh, little town, little no town, and Brooks. Uh, I. I'm sure you probably would pick this up so eventually. A little town that I've never heard of in my life. Uh, it's spelled D-E-P-E-F-O-R-D. Deptford, I guess, in New Jersey. And why am I bringing this up? Because apparently the uh, Little League president uh, in Deptford, New Jersey, side, uh, he and uh, the other members had had enough. They'd had enough of parents cursing, berating, Become a physical abuse, apparently, uh, during uh, the, the games there uh, towards the umpires. Uh, of course, but they're not alone. You know, it happened in Calera uh, sometime this year when one of the, uh, the, the coaches, one of the teams, uh, went onto the field and tackled. I saw a video months ago, tackled one of the umpires. you remember about that one? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. Okay, so here's what they decided to do, guys. Uh, he, he posted April 3rd. On April's Facebook, that's when this happened. They decided that they're going to update their code of conduct for those attending the games. And here's the new conduct that they went with. Quote, any spectator deemed in violation will be banned from the complex until three umpiring, umpiring assignments are completed. If not, the person will be barred from any Deptford youth sports facilities for a year. So they think about that, guys. So they're they're banning them, and then the, if they ban them, they have to go serve as an umpire. Well, no, the violation says says they'll be banned if they don't do the other option. So they can either be barred from the attending the use uh, baseball games for a year, or if they want to not have that, then they're going to be required to actually umpire for three games. That's that's fun and unique. Okay, and he said he decided to do this because uh, they said apparently it's working. He said so far uh, it's reduced almost to zero any uh, uh, profanities and cursing and abusive uh, behavior on the part of the parents. And uh, so apparently other uh, teams are starting to pick up on this, and other towns are doing it as well. So uh, anyway, uh, he says that. Uh, 
he gave this comment. He said, uh, he said, sports is simply life with the volume turned up. He said, we've become louder and brasher. We want a second peel on everything. So he says he wants to give these people a pause as they are umpiring behind the plate. Uh, and maybe their sphincter muscle might get a little bit tighter and they begin hearing uh, those in the crowd throwing obscenities uh, uh, at them. Oh, I thought that was kind of funny, though. Maybe their sphincter muscle might be tightening up as they're getting ready to make a call uh, that might maybe cause some controversy uh, amongst those in attendance. So, anyway, I just thought I'd share it with you. I thought, well, that's an interesting kind of, uh, I think, a uh, consequence, you know. You don't like the uh, the calls being made by the umpires? Well, we're going to give you a chance see what it's like behind the plate uh, from your perspective. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, certainly they're <laughs> – at the youth level, that's a, that's way overkill to, to be trying to argue or fight umpires. And uh, I know that we kind of all do that from home at, at some point in time. But you know those are not professional umpires and that I know that... Right, they're volunteers. Right, yeah, I know that uh, everyone, you know, fiercely loves their kids and want them to do well and protect them. But, you know, that... <laughs> That is, uh, that's again, uh, clearly overkill. I don't see how anyone would be would be good with that. And, yeah, I think that's funny what they're trying to do to say, hey, if you're going to be that over the top, you, you come out here since you since you appear to know better. Well, apparently uh, it really has gotten out of hand. According to a 2017 survey done by the National Association of Sports Officials, didn't know there was one, they surveyed 17,500 referees, and here's what they came up with. But they found, this was six years ago in this survey, God knows what it is now, but at that time they said that 39% of those surveyed in this uh, survey said that parents were the ones who caused the most problems. Next, we're at 29% coaches and 18% were the fans. So parents apparently uh, take these games rather seriously, don't they? Oh, yeah. For too seriously. Too seriously. All right. Uh, speaking of... Uh, uh, bad calls. I did also read last night, and I saw the video, a controversial three-point foul shot that was called by the refs and did we challenge it, but that they um, held it to that call. Guys, did you happen to know what they were talking about? Did you see it? Yeah, it was a Jimmy Butler three in the right yeah. corner, and uh, they, you know, he kicked his leg out, and, and Aaron Gordon was called for the foul, and obviously that, that got a lot of people upset. Was it impactful? In the outcome, not ultimately, obviously, since Miami lost, but it, it certainly could have been. I mean, it would. Uh, Butler made all three free throws uh, to cut it from four to one. I always find it funny, you know. Everyone always does the cute little ball don't lie when someone misses a misses a free throw uh, where they where they thought it was a bad call, but no one ever says ball don't lie when they make all the free throws on a questionable call. So. Uh, but uh, but yeah no it did not end up uh, impacting the game ultimately I mean it was it helped it be one possession uh, for the final two or three minutes but Miami didn't break through obviously. Well, your take, guys, uh, did you feel like it was a legitimate foul or you, you, did you think like it was ticky tack? So I've watched Jimmy Butler a lot and I know that some guys in the league have a motion where they kick their legs out. And Jimmy Butler, on the majority of his jump shots, does. Sometimes he shoots a more flat-footed jumper if he's not if he's wide open. Uh, that is sort of his natural motion. And 
I I did not hate the call as much as everyone else did. I I, I genuinely didn't. I know ninety percent of people out there believe that was a horrible call, and uh, even some were trying to say that that's an offensive foul. But again, that's his natural motion too. I think it's a no call. Like I think it should just shouldn't have been called. Period. Uh, certainly shouldn't have been an offensive foul, but. Um, you know, I, I see how they arrive there because if you watch Aaron Gordon, even though it is very subtle, it is not a lot, you watch where his feet and where his body ends up. It did move a little bit. He still moved into him a little bit. Again, it's very, very fractionally, and obviously you can see the leg kick out so much. But, again, I tell you, if you're being honest with yourself, you've seen Jimmy Butler shoot jump shots like that time and time and time and time again. So, uh, I I think that should have been a no call, but if you're asking me if it's a if it's the worst call I've ever seen, no, I have seen far worse calls. And again, now now no one has to really bicker over it because again, Miami did not win the game. You know, thankfully that didn't cause the uh, the impact of the outcome. All right, moving on real quickly about the uh, game last night. You mentioned the Texas Stanford game. I watched that game, uh, and I, I happened to turn on the ninth inning, and. Uh, in your own words, uh, Mr. Tom Peavy, I think you've told me time and time again, it happens. That's correct. And it happened because I thought we were going to extra innings because when it was two outs, two pip two on base, and he hits what I thought was just a little, you know, pretty simple uh, outfield fly ball. was going to be caught, and they were going to extra innings. In fact, the pitcher for Texas was walking off thinking they were going to extra innings, and it drops. Now, the reason I bring it up, because I asked you guys, now, you said it was the they sit on there, they announced uh, the lights. Well, those lights have been there the entire game. How was it that that was an issue up until then? I, there, so, apparently out there, there's something that has to do with a mixture of the lights and the twilight sky out there around that time. Apparently, Texas A&M uh, dropped two fly balls uh, in, a, in their series out there as well. And so... Uh, Apparently, that stadium is very notorious for outfielders losing balls. The outfielders that are not used to playing out there, apparently that place is very notorious for uh, guys losing fly balls in the mixture of the sky and the lights. Okay. Oh, I just I saw two of the guys rushing towards it. I said, well, somebody's going to call it, and they just watched it fall. Yeah, the, the center fielder and the right fielder both had no idea where it was at. It looked like the shortstop. Maybe saw it and was trying to sprint out there as fast as he could, but I mean, that's a little bit far of a run for him to get there. And that was heart-wrenching, yeah, if you're Texas. In fact, I said, you know, this is the kind of crap that typically uh, can and does happen to Auburn. Uh, would you agree or not? Because I've seen those kind of things happen uh, to our sports teams. Well, I don't know. Alabama fans would may beg to differ with a certain kick return, and Georgia fans may beg to differ with a certain tipped pass. So. Yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm referring to stuff like the FSU championship game, you know. Auburn did that. It happens to everybody, but Auburn did that one to themselves. Yeah, we scored too early. Well, we scored but too yeah. early, and the defense couldn't stop FSU on yeah, that last drive. ran into each other trying to yeah. tackle the, the quick uh, quick pass yep. over on the right sideline. Yep. So I've, I've seen the uh, people going to the World Series now. I'm, I'm sure you've seen uh, the, uh, uh, the, the matchups. Uh, I'd like to know who you guys are picking. Uh, I'm I'm pulling for uh, Wake Forest after I saw they haven't uh, won a championship. I think it was 1955. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I've not known them to be particularly good 
uh, recently. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, but they, 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 they took to the woodshed uh, Alabama last final game, 22-5. to I said, that sounds like it. Uh, Alabama must have scored a field goal and got a safety. Yeah, I mean, they... That was a pummeling after a close first game. Uh, that's as bad as you can beat somebody. I, I, I don't know. I really don't have a great feel for it. Uh, I know that LSU will always be tough. Obviously, Florida out of the SEC too. And then you just never know though in baseball because it's been storybook for Oral Roberts. I would not think that they would win, but uh, you know Tennessee now having redemption from last year's team that was so good in the regular season that that didn't make Omaha now they're in Omaha I again I, I don't I'm I'm not going to pretend to have a, a great feel over it other than I, I know Wake Forest has had a, a special year and uh, that would be a nice story okay uh, finally guys uh, about the uh, is it called live tournament uh, or live a program live, live. okay yep. well apparently uh, there is continuing, uh, I guess, investigation uh, from uh, Congress. I don't know if you've seen this latest. Uh, I read it from the Hill, but it says the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Permanent Subcommittee on Investigation apparently is uh, wanting details on the PGA Tour's quote drastic reversal on its position concerning the Saudi-backed Live Golf uh, after they supposedly uh, are going for the merger. And so a letter was sent out. Uh, by the chairman, Central Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut. And uh, he goes on to say that while few details about the agreement are known, uh, the EIF, or you know, the, the PIP Fund's role as an arm of the Saudi government, PGA Tour, sudden and drastic reversal of position concerning live golf, raised serious questions regarding the reasons for and turns behind the announced agreement. So apparently a letter was sent to uh, the uh, PIF, as also the letter was sent uh, separately to Mr. Uh, I'm known Mr. Jay Monahan, but also to Greg Norman, who's the CEO. I didn't know he was the CEO for Live Golf. Did you know that? Yeah, for Norman. Yeah, I mean he's he's been an instrumental part in them existing. He was obviously doing all the marketing stuff, kind of being out in front of the media. So yeah, no, he's he's been high up. Yeah. Okay, so apparently they're asking uh, several federal agencies to inquire about antitrust. Uh, maybe violations here. Guys, have you read any more or, or heard anything more about this, how serious this investigation may be? And, and what has happened, by the way, with the, uh, the I guess, the, the board of directors for uh, the PGA? Have they approved this merger? Yeah, I, I honestly am not sure. Um, they That is an ongoing thing, and it sounds like that could drag out for a little while. And honestly, not the players don't even know. I mean, John Rahm was interviewed today and he doesn't even know what tour he's going to be on or doing what next year at all really really, genuinely no one really has a great idea okay and then i also see finally that alabama's hired a new baseball coach uh who was at maryland is that right yes uh you guys know very much about him or or nothing i I believe he was back-to-back big 10 coach of the year Uh, and and so he's he's a really good baseball coach he's he's a guy that can come in and get things turned around and i think for 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 bama fans they're they're happy because you also i believe they're keeping their assistant coach uh who who ran the ship uh after uh the the you know incidents going on with gambling stuff over the the season so you're going to keep him who who ran the ship very well got them to the super regionals against Wake Forest, and then you're getting a, a Big Ten uh, a coach that ran, you know was the Big Ten coach of the year twice. 
Okay, that's great. All right, and I lied. I, I said, finally, well, finally, guys. Um, any updates on Mr. Ukrainian Hunter and the other scenarios going on with other people involved in that Facebook, uh, I guess, Instagram, whatever it was, of social media uh, video? Yeah, Jarquez Hunter, no. We were asked this the, the other day, and, and no, there have not been any updates. And, of course, we will talk about it when there are, but the, there have not been any updates whatsoever. Um, do you make anything of this? Because, I mean, this has been a rather lengthy uh, time that we've uh, heard nothing but crickets. Honestly, you know, if, if you look at it, if there's there's been nothing said. I would not be shocked if they conclude. I wouldn't be shocked if they're done with the investigation now and they just, you know, they're doing everything quietly behind closed doors where it doesn't get out into the public where, you know, who, if, if they come up with, you know, anybody did any wrongdoing, it, it's going to be handled internally. I think the only thing, the only t- I, I, I think the only time you will hear anything about this investigation is if somebody gets dismissed from the team. Otherwise, I don't think you're going to hear anything until you get, you start getting a regular media sessions again around SEC media days and then into the fall camp when the reporters are you know front and center get to ask questions and and then you you may not even get a, a full answer there and I'm quite astounded to say the least that they've been able to keep this so top secret that we haven't heard any leaks from you know reporters uh, inside Auburn or anything right yeah, I mean it, it's just whatever they're doing it's it's being handled very internally and they're they're not letting much get out. Do you think that's a positive sign for uh, Hunter or not that's taking this long for anything to be revealed? I think the more you don't hear anything, like I said, I, I think the only time you're going to hear something is if somebody gets dismissed from the team. So I think the more you don't hear anything, the the more it, it feels like it's going to be any everything's going to be handled internally, and you're you know you're not going to see uh, much of if any sort of repercussions on when it comes to football playing time. Okay, my time is up, guys. I thank you all always for the time that you allow me to be on here and make maybe some sense. So with that said, have a safe afternoon. Uh, stay uh, undercover. Uh, the rain cellar can be hitting your way pretty badly. So stay safe, guys. So until tomorrow, War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve, appreciate that phone call. As always, that is retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. About out of time here for hour number one. Coming up in the next couple hours, we will break down uh, the end of the NBA season as the Nuggets defeated the Miami Heat last night. Also, uh, have a couple other deals about uh, that college baseball ending last night between Texas and Stanford. The worst way to lose a game is what? We'll answer that question and also uh, think of some of our own most painful sports losses for uh, all the teams that we root for. So we'll have that and much more coming up in our number two. Stay tuned. More Sports Call coming up after this.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday. I'm going to do best and worst. Now. I got a worst. Now. <laughs> you save it for next week. Uh, it doesn't have to be over the weekend. Uh, that would be something else. Or you could be Wacky Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, throw Just in, uh, interject that. Mm, no. We do have a special <laughs> announcement, too. Um, so around this time tomorrow, the return of J.J. Jackson. Yay. He will be on the program tomorrow. We're still working on if it'll be 4 or 4.30 tomorrow. That he's going to be on the show for the first time since uh, leaving at the end of December. First time in 2023 he'll be on. So he'll be on tomorrow in the 4 o'clock hour. He'll stay with us through Wacky Wednesday in the 5 o'clock hour. So uh, that's now, to do. Now the real question is, when that happens, does Ryan vacate the chair? Ooh. And does he does he go back? Does he come to the this side of the desk and let JJ take the host chair? Ooh. Or do we? It is, it is, I think that's up to the new host. I, I think so. Yeah, hmm. it, it couldn't. It, it, it's that's an. I, I I didn't think about that because I I'd heard rumblings of this happening for you know a couple days. No. And I I hadn't thought of it till just now. But I, I think we'll have to. We it may be part of the negotiations, Mr. Lavoy. Is that uh, we'll see? Do you, do you vacate the host chair? Nope. Okay. All right. That yeah. answered that quick. There you go. I'm just glad JJ's going to be here for the Wacky Wednesday because we had been talking about how we wanted to get him for a Wacky Wednesday. Yeah. And I think this is a good one for there to be right up his alley. Yeah, you've been, you've been very mum on the details of it, so you are keeping it a surprise. I'm excited about it. It involves soda, and that's yep. good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, so that is very exciting news for sure. Let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, hey, Brooks. Hey, man. Hey, I got to get AAA at Ryan. Before I got the good news, what's your report on Tom? He's been He's been fine today. He's been kind of well behaved. Well, hey, because Brooke, I told I told Brian uh-huh. and Brooke to get a, a profile on Tom to make sure he behaves. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's kind of behaved. He he's hey, like seventy five percent. What's up, bud? Hey, you're behaving today, right? I I am absolutely behaving today. Okay. Hey, I got some good news for you guys. I talked to my swim coach, and we're gonna work on some things. I'm gonna try to do the hundred freestyle and probably get qualified. 
Okay. And and I and said so. Pray, keep your finger crossed that if I do better in a hundred meter freestyle, and I hope I get it qualified. And guess where the twenty twenty six nationals are going to be at? Where's that? Metropolis, Minnesota. Wow, that's a long way. Yeah, we had to fly. Yeah, that'd be fun. And so, hey, but maybe for a swim meet, maybe I can come to Opelika like on a Saturday or something like that. Yeah, you'll have to let us know when when those are when those are happening. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to get like a from my coach and stuff for that, and like probably probably in March. Yeah, well, and, yeah, you'll have to let us know when those are happening. Hey, but listen, hey, but hey, book. Yeah. Hey, I didn't charge you because you weren't on the show yesterday. Uh huh. I didn't charge you. Okay. Okay. Hey. Well, thank thank you. I it, it, I really appreciate that. And and make sure Tom behaves. But hey, if he comes to my swim meet, he's got to definitely behave. Okay, you hear that, Tom? Oh, I'll, I will tell him to leave. Oh, okay. I, I so I can't jump into the pool. <laughs> nope. Okay. He, he, he ain't kidding me on though. You probably can do the words of cheer though. Okay. I, I, yeah, I can do that. So, so. Hey, I heard JJ's gonna be on the show tomorrow. He will. Hey, you guys need. You guys still need to get. Uh, hey, Brooke. Yeah. To Von Reed and, and Cadillac and get them on the show too. We'll we'll do our best. They're they're both busy guys, so it, it's kind of hard to get them on the show or nail them down to get them on the show. But we'll we'll do our best to see if we can get them. Hey, I heard I heard you guys can get the softball team going again. Yeah, Thunder Chickens return next week. Well, I, I wish I can play, but uh, maybe uh, I can give you guys like a a uh, an email address and maybe I can email a schedule or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you we may can do that. Uh, you, you guys want my email address? Uh, well, I mean, we can get it off the air when next time you call in, but so I we're not giving it out over the air. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, and so maybe I can play with you guys or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Can I bring my own bat, or how do you use you guys' bats? No, it, it, we we always have to use the city's bats. Okay. They have a they have the same kind of a twenty eight inch thirty four thirty twenty eight inch thirty four ounces bats are the bats big? Uh, yeah, something like that. I I don't really remember exactly what the what the ounce the inch yeah. is. Maybe, maybe I can pitch or something like that. But hey, you guys, yeah, being my first time, so you guys are. If I get mad, you guys are hold uh back me up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, hey. Hey, Brooke, I hope you're on the show next Monday. If you are, I'll talk to you then. All right, man. Hey, hey, tell your wife I said, hey, in War Eagle. I sure will. War Eagle. Hey, Tom, I'll behave now, okay? I'll do it. All right, see you guys. Bye, Ryan. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. That is Matt for Tallahassee, or Matt from Tallahassee, Matt for Auburn, joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our first time out here of hour number two, back with more sports call right after this.
You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. Brian LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Tuesday. Again, if you just missed the news, coming up tomorrow around this time, J.J. Jackson will join the program. He'll be on at either 4 or 4.30. We'll, we'll tell you the exact time tomorrow when we get on air, and he'll be on for the rest of the show. He'll participate in Wacky Wednesday, so looking forward to having J.J. On the program, and and yes, I'll be sitting in this seat. It's going to be very weird to look at him on the other side. I've done it before. Uh, but exactly, because he's had to mill around and do company business. That phrase, doing company business. Yeah. So sometimes it's happened. That dynamic has existed before where he's been on the other side. So it'll but, be weird directing the conversation. I'm say, That's but what it's going to be. This weird. time it's going to be him as a guest in the studio, not just, oh, I'm coming in here. You know, I, I was doing some company business. Now I'm joining the show. Now he's going to be a guest yeah. in your house. Do you think I'm going to get confused and say thank you and good day at the end of the show tomorrow? <laughs> I hope you Maybe. do. Hey, you ought to do it just in honor of. I, I might. I very I might we'll 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 have a deep uh, deep dive in my thoughts tonight and see if we'll do that. Here's the other thing with the Wacky Wednesday. We'll also have another uh, guest in the studio, not on the radio with us, but uh, my girlfriend Michelle is going to come up here. Uh, she knows what Wacky Wednesday is. I've already okay. discussed it with her. She's so excited about it that she's actually going to film it. Oh, so then we might be able to get that on our social media platforms. Whoa, no. it's going to be a party in here. Then it's going to be a party. So, I've got I've, again. This is probably something that should be done off air. I've got to decide who's going to join us because it's going to be uh, Cam's usually on the show, right? Uh, well, myself JJ's and you and JJ. So that's four mics. But I might throw Brooks on here too. He was the winner of the taste test from two weeks ago, and I don't know if there's something. I don't know if you can win this one. I don't know how the format's going to be. But maybe Tom doesn't want me. It's on. not really. I know. I I want as many people to do this as okay. as we can. So we um, might even jam Brand on here or something too. I don't yeah. know. Just got to know how many cups i need to get sure it's gonna be a lot of cups yes uh, we got a lot of soda well, you, you do mini, have a lot of soda though we got those yeah. mini cups here in the office that's what i'm I'm. we're gonna do the mini cups okay we're All probably right. gonna need some more though i know we shouldn't be planning this online but, <laughs> but we're probably because I, I depleted you know 60 70 percent right. of them uh we'll do some math off air we'll do some math off air yeah. Um, but uh, we're excited about everything going on with the show tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be sure. fun. It's going to be ra- it's going to be good radio. So anybody that's out there listening, please tune in tomorrow. Tune in for the entire show. But that five o'clock hour is going to be something special. I think absolutely. And we, uh, if you ever listen to our sports call podcast presented by Coca Cola, uh, we usually kind of differentiate on the feed if there's a wacky Wednesday right. versus the full show. So we'll be able to isolate that last hour too. And uh, 
and uh, be able to have that up on the podcast separately for people to listen to. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Again, I can tell I could tell Tom's confidence from the get go because he, in all caps, said I'm very confident this weekend when he was texting about it. And uh, yeah, it's, he's well, I'm excited about it. It's going to be going to be a good idea. I had to I had to order something for this. I had yeah, to order something sh- for this, which gets me all confused because usually soda is not that hard to find right. so i don't know it could be something unrelated i don't know but it, it's, it could there's that that's just it you just don't know i don't that's know. that's what's going to make you wacky absolutely so uh looking forward to that tomorrow tomorrow's going to be a great show but we also plan on having a great rest of the show today that's right uh and so with that let's continue on right now now tomorrow i, I do want to get this in today at some point we will talk some nba finals in a little bit we will talk uh some some college baseball as promised, because uh, not really a college baseball element to it, but the the way in which Texas lost last night. I do, Brooks, want to get your thoughts before we continue on. Um, since you may, you might be on for the last hour, but we wouldn't be doing constructive things at that point. Uh, so SEC schedule lease, uh coming up tomorrow for 2024. Uh, we Again, eight-game schedule to rehash everything that we went over the last couple weeks. Eight-game schedule, no divisions, no idea who will be on that schedule. There's yeah. real, there could be no rhyme or reason. It could be mostly West teams if you're a West team, mostly East teams if you're a former East team, uh, and then Texas and Oklahoma sprinkled. Or it could just be potluck. Auburn might have, you know, they might have three former East teams, three former West teams, and Oklahoma and Texas. No, no idea. Uh, do you have any expectations for the 2024 schedule? And – uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if the question is, do, do you want to be hard or easy? Because I don't think anyone wants to get just buried by a bunch of great programs. But, I mean, who are you hoping to see on that schedule? And is there anyone that in particular you don't want to see? Now that it's, you know, they, they announced it was they were going to do this primetime announcement. I've got a feeling that, and this I have no evidence to back this up, but it's just I've got a feeling that we're about to go just wacky here where it could be one of these where it's like, oh, hey, here's Arkansas playing Missouri, Kentucky, and South Carolina, and we'll sprinkle in, you know, Auburn and Ole Miss. But it, it's I, I think it could get they could get pretty wacky with this because they're they're making it a primetime special on on the SEC network. And so I I think I feel like if it's just gonna be, you know, kind of the same, same old, same old, hey, Auburn, you're getting to play, you know, two thirds of the SEC West teams and then you know, here's Oklahoma and, you know, Vanderbilt. And I, I think they would just kind of, you know, here here's the schedule. Like the Big Ten – well, the Big Ten had like a release thing, but everything got posted at the same time. Like I feel like because they're doing this big prime time special thing, stuff's going to get wacky. For Auburn, I wouldn't mind seeing an Oklahoma or a Texas on there getting, getting to them the first year. Um, not for, you know, obviously if, you know, if Oklahoma rebounds this year and Texas continues to be on par what they were last year, it wouldn't be the obvious, that wouldn't be an easy part, but just to be able to say, Hey, first year into the conference, we got to play Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, I I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I would prefer it to be at Jordan here stadiums the first year in the conference. You got to come here instead of making that long road trip out to, to the, uh, to the West side of the conference. But um, I would like to see one of those two. 
And then obviously I'd like to see Georgia and Alabama on there because this could be the last year you're guaranteed for both of them if, if they were on that uh, on that schedule. So I'd like to see both of them back on there. And, you know, we, we talked about it, or it was talked about, I think, a couple weeks ago. This could be the chance to get back on that rotation because when they went to this new uh, rotation here, it was back-to-back either – I think it was Auburn had to play back-to-back at, uh, at Athens. And so you've got them home. You got Georgia at home this year. You get them back at home next year and kind of reverse it on the back end of this whole con- you know conference realignment deal. And so I, I think that'd be fun to you know be able to fix you know not fix it but do it do it that way where now all right we're getting even now we got to play back to back at your place you know year a few years ago now we're back to back at our place a few years later. Um, other than that, there's not a lot that I would be, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I really want to see this. I, I would also like to see Auburn keep that Florida game because Auburn has Florida on the schedule as a home game next year, how it currently stands. Obviously, the, you know, things are going are gonna to change, but I would still like to see Auburn keep that Florida home game because you haven't had one in a while, and, and you just went to Florida in 2019. And so if you can get, you know, get them back here, at uh at Jordan Hare Stadium one more time before you hit this new rotation, um I, I'd really like to see that a game that I would love to see and I I was reading a couple articles I was looking when I was looking for the time uh, that it was, the schedule was going to be released tomorrow night uh, that were saying here are some games that you would I'd love to see the one game that I I saw in there I'm like I would really love to see that is you're getting Texas and Alabama this year I would love to see Texas and Georgia next year because you're you're going with uh, you know, it, it would be Texas or Oklahoma and Georgia because they were supposed to play this year. Um, but one of those two, I'd like to see Georgia either play Oklahoma or Texas because I, I just love the storylines there. I love the the you know you're coming in, y'all. You two were the best of the Big Twelve. Now you're gonna get the best of the SEC in your first year, and so I, I think that'd be a really fun uh, game that does not involve Auburn that I'd love to see. You know, I might end up printing out the 2024 SEC schedule because I'm already forgetting the 2024 Big Ten schedule. It was just released last <laughs> week, so I might have a printout to refer to it. In, in your defense, the Big Ten forgot it too. They <laughs> made a made it very complicated. Uh, but I don't. I don't think you can help me with this. I don't think USC or UCLA play Ohio State. Correct. I know USC doesn't. I don't think you, does UCLA play Ohio State. Um. My point. The, the relevance here is I do think they've got Michigan, uh, or at least one of them does, and then they, they definitely go through like Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin. But Ohio State, nope. Ohio State doesn't uh, have either. Will be uh, will have Illinois, Michigan, and Northwestern. But but I'm saying on the schedule for next year, that's just like their is that not their double? That those are their double, yeah. So what's the other other you know not one offs? Oh hold on, oh, I found it. I, I yeah, scro- keep scrolling, Brooks. They they have UCLA at home. Okay, they do oh, no, UC- away. They got to go to UCLA. Okay, so they got one at least, but they didn't have the absolute criminal crim of Ohio State USC. Obviously, that will happen at some point. They will be in the conference. They will rotate. They will play, but they will not have it in year one. That is a little different though than the SEC schedule, and here's why: this SEC schedule could be completely one-off. This might have much to do about nothing when it comes to how they they model 2025, or they could tell us tomorrow night that hey, this is going to be you know if if they do the same eight game model again in 2025, this is what would happen. They'll switch this and this and this. Although I really think that this is truly going to have nothing to do with whatever they do in 2025, and so. That's why I'm so fascinated by this. Fascinated by this because this could be 
unlike any schedule that you've seen uh, in the last however many years in the SEC, even if you don't end up playing Texas or Oklahoma. Because, you could, again, you what's to say, even uh, even though it would not seem logical, what's to say Auburn does not end up playing like a, a, a group of Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia? What's right. to say that doesn't happen? I don't know. I mean, there, there's really no way to know. Um, when I think of individual opponents, I, there's no one I really am individually wanting to avoid. I think all of them would be really cool games. I think all of them could pre- pre- present different challenges. I think it would just be the collection of, I don't want to play like the top six. You know, I don't want to play every single team at top. But what's fascinating, and this is why it changes year to year, this statement I'm about to make could not have been made at any other year, probably this century, other than the year that I'm pertaining to right now. I would tell you, it is probably right now, this second, more difficult to play Ole Miss in South Carolina than it is to play Oklahoma in Florida. Go back and look at last year's team. Oklahoma was getting trounced by teams. They usually do that to teams. They were getting trounced. Year one of Brent Venables went horribly. Year one of Billy Napier, although it looked good to to start off with with the Utah game, for a top five quarterback or top five pick in the draft to be that pedestrian as a football team, that was not a good Florida team. Yet, you saw Ole Miss have another at least solid year, although it did not finish well after the Lane Kiffin rumors started. And then South Carolina go and beat Clemson for the first time in a long time. Right now, today, if you coupled those two, you could make the argument Ole Miss and South Carolina would be more formidable in a one-year scenario than Florida and Oklahoma. Now, obviously, over the period of time, I will gladly then tell you Florida and Oklahoma will be just fine and that they will continue to be above those other two schools in time. But right now, because of what happened last year, South Carolina and Ole Miss would carry just as much difficulty, if not more, than Florida and Oklahoma. So with that in mind and how quickly things can change, I'm not sure I'm I'm vehemently against any one team. I think cool games, yeah, I want to see Auburn and Oklahoma go at it as soon as possible. I want to see Texas and Auburn go at it. And yeah, I want to keep that Florida date. Auburn's played Florida one time in what, the last decade plus? That's not enough. That's part of the reason why this league is going to change its scheduling model. And again, no matter what we have, eight or nine games, everyone will play everybody every other year. So we've been very focused, and it is a high priority for me to keep the rivals and to do the nine games and all that. But those uh, those that say, oh, it's not as big of a deal, say that's because you'll play every other year, and you'll play in a home stadium one out of every four years. So everyone, every student, I won't say every athlete because athletes transfer, but every student that attends the university and does a normal four-year degree will see every single school in this conference rotate through the campus while they are in school. So that is a good thing. And so it's not like we will have to wait eons for these teams to play. But yeah, I'm ready to see Auburn play Florida inside of Jordan-Hare again. But for the same reasons I just said, if you're Auburn, you get to play brand brand teams, but not necessarily have to pay brand prices because Florida might not necessarily be in a good place in 2024, and Oklahoma might not necessarily be in a good place in 2024. So that is the time, in theory, depending what happens in 2023 right here, that is the time to play those big brand schools because it is unlikely that they will be that down for that long. So I, I'm very interested in those teams. 
Um, I'm obviously interested in Texas and excited what they bring to the league. Obviously, I want to see Alabama and Georgia on the schedule as rivals. And yes, if you put all five of those big boys on there, then yes, I do want to see like a Mississippi State, a Kentucky or Vanderbilt or Missouri, something something to to weigh it out and balance it out a little bit. But uh, again, I just genuinely am so fascinated by this because we work under these parameters of conference and a rotation and we know who's playing who for years and years and years and all of a sudden at random we're going to have a schedule tomorrow for 2024 and there might be no rhyme or reason to any of it and that just does not happen very often even in the covid year you still maintain your divisional opponents you just added a couple from the other side so there was still some structure to it even if it was uh, having to be added on so i'm i'm fascinated by this i the last thing i want to say before we take our next break is I do not want it to break at 5 o'clock. I don't want the leaks because tomorrow at 5 o'clock we will be starting Wacky Wednesday. And once we get on Wacky Wednesday, I want to stay on Wacky Wednesday. So I, I admittedly, I will tell you that if something breaks, I want it to break by like 4.15. We can hit on it a little bit beforehand, and then we go to Wacky Wednesday. But if it hits at 5 o'clock, we're doing Wacky Wednesday once it starts. It's happening. So uh, hopefully they either break it a couple hours ahead of time, or they do wait until 6 o'clock, till the show goes off, and then we'll have the full breakdown. We'll talk irrational amounts about who Kentucky's playing and who Florida's playing and who everybody's playing in 2024 on Thursday's show. But uh, I'm very excited about it because obviously there are not as many things going on in the summer. And again, as I stated, it is uh, a very rare occurrence just to have a hodgepodge of a schedule where there's really no rhyme nor reason to it. So we're going to take our next time out of the show when we come back, as promised. We're going to talk a little bit about the way in which Texas baseball lost last night. If you've been listening to the show for the whole time, you've already heard a little bit about it. Maybe you saw it last night. We'll tell you about how they lost, and that'll prompt us into some of the, some of the more painful losses we've witnessed in our sports fandoms and also in just in general. What's the most painful way you can think of to be either lose a particular game or be eliminated from the postseason? Maybe they're one in the same. So we'll talk about that next here on the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Sports Call continuing on this Tuesday afternoon. I'll be honest with you, I almost just answered the phone basically out loud. I've answered it several times today. Yeah. I'll start the host. 
Again, it's some, five second penalty. It, it, it's going to be like Stranger Things, where my production world blends with my on air world, and everything that I'm doing, kind of behind the scenes, just starts to bleed over <laughs> into the live air part of it. So. Uh, anyway, we continue on with this Tuesday edition of the show. As promised, we will get to the Auburn Make phone line in a few minutes. But as promised, wanted to talk a little bit about that tech, Texas-Stanford game last night. Again, if you were listening earlier, Texas loses to Stanford in the bottom of the ninth last night in a tie game. They battled back, tied it up, uh, tied at 6-6, losing the bottom of the ninth on a play in which the right and center fielders lost the ball in the lights. Either one could have gotten there if they saw it, to be honest with you. The second baseman saw it, but he could not get there. And Shortstop was desperately trying to yeah. get out there to it. And just, I mean, again, a unbelievably unfortunate scenario. So that got, got me thinking, what's the worst way to lose? What's the worst way? And I, I will just go ahead and say, I don't think regular season is any different than postseason. If it is, please feel free to correct me. But what's the worst way for your team to have their season in? Is it that? Is that in the running? No, oh, that, that's absolutely. Um, and does it? De- I mean, I guess there's different sports, different ways to lose yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when it's a when it's just a blunder like that, you know, it, it's hard to. It, it's different. It's different when it's. Uh, Let's just say, you know, if you're an Alabama fan with the kick six, you know, that wasn't really a blunder. I mean, that was just Auburn set that play up perfectly and and executed that to perfection. For the situation and the scenario that that was in, Auburn just set up the perfect play for that, and Alabama couldn't defend it. It was not that Alabama screwed up. Um, I, I think it hurts worse as a fan – when it's a simple play that should be done and is and is done nine times out of ten, if you hit that ball up in the air a hundred times, they're going to catch that ball ninety nine times. That just happened to be the one that, for whatever reason, the ball got into the perfect spot where they could not see it. So, to me, I think those are more heartbreaking. When it's just in your hands and you just literally drop the ball, I think that that's more heartbreaking than anything. Than you know, it's a little easier. It, it's no fun to get beat in the last second, but when it's one of those where you can just kind of look at it and go, you know, the other team just they made the play. So I, here's here's your prime example. Uh. Auburn losing a game, and I forget what year it was, a football game to Ole Miss. Eli Manning was the quarterback for Ole Miss. Uh, had led Ole Miss down the field uh, late, late in the fourth quarter and taken a lead here at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn comes right back down the field. In the very waning seconds of it, they hit Ben, Obama, ben Obamanu in the back of the end zone, square in the chest in the back of the end zone. The stadium – erupts because we're about to win the game and it bounces right through his arms and hits the turf wide open back of the end zone a catch that ben obamanu makes 99.9 percent of the time hits him right square in the numbers and goes down between his elbows and he drops it that's the one that breaks your heart i can look at other ones with georgia 
uh, throwing the fade pass into the back of the end zone to beat Auburn uh, in the very last seconds. That one stings, but they made a play. Yeah, okay, Auburn, could they have defended that better? Yeah, perhaps, but I mean, quarterback threw it right where he needed it to, and Michael Johnson went up and, and skied up and brought one down and got his feet barely in bounds, and Georgia won. Yeah, that one sucked, but they made the play. That one that I discussed, that's ball game in your hands. Auburn is winning that game, but Ben Obamanu dropped it. That one hurts worse than the one against Georgia. Auburn baseball losing, what was it? A, was it a regional they lost where there's a play at home plate and the ball bounced away from the catcher? This was just a couple of years ago, I think, against Florida, maybe. Or well, the, the Florida game was—I uh, remember the, catcher the, the super the regional. I remember the super regional against Florida, where the ball went off of the of uh, the Lo- outfielder's glove. Lost over the wall. One. Auburn was about to rob a home run, and it yep. bounced. You off might of be the thinking of the SEC tournament where they have like it was. A, it was a SEC tournament game, so it get, technically it didn't end your season. I mean, it, I mean, it could have, I guess, but. It was still it was a loss where the a play at the plate that kind of bounced and the catcher couldn't find it and turned around and accidentally kicked the ball away from himself and in the meantime the runners just kept on scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's heartbreaking to see. And that's again a blunder. You're losing on your you're losing because you have just screwed yourself up. Not necessarily the other team made a play. I mean. The ball bounced in front of you. You couldn't find it. You kicked the ball away. I mean, it's full-on bad news bears type stuff going on, and you lose a game because of that. That hurts worse when it's under your control and you got things you can do it, and you mess up. That that burns worse than just a team just flat-out beating you in something. You still thinking there? I'm trying to think. So I'll I'll tell you this. So from – if you break down kind of the various sports, I would think the two worst ways to lose in baseball in that scenario would be drop, you know, drop an easy pop up, lose a pop up like that, or wild pitch to lose the game because you, then you don't just do anything sure. uh, to cre- you, you literally yeah. give them a free right because the walk off home run always sucks and it's 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 the normal heartbreak, but it's not like extra gear. It's not like an A plus plus. Sure. It's just an, it's a normal, good old heartbreak. You well, know, well again, walk off homer. In football, would be the equivalent of the last second touchdown pass. It's like, yeah, right. that that really stings, and that's not fun. But they actually made the play. Same thing with a walk off home run. Yeah, but the batter did that. You know, you may have just thrown the best pitch of your entire life, and the batter just happened to see it and whammo. Well, you got to give them credit. So you didn't put it on a tee in, for him in football. Would it be more heartbreaking to miss the field goal at the end or to turn the ball over at the end? Because Auburn did that one time against Texas A&M in 2014. The butt snap. Uh, well, I was actually not even referring to that one. I was referring to they fumbled at the three-yard line. When Cameron Ar- uh, had the dropped exchange or whatever, and Cameron Ars Payne tried to jump on the ball. Now at the three yard line. See that that's the type of ones that hurt worse because it's the unforced error. The the unforced error 
burns worse when it costs you a game. I, I thought the butt snap happened late because I thought that was, they were driving down. and That and was you, the last one, but but that wouldn't have even been required if Auburn didn't fumble at the three-yard well, line. True. Because there was like three minutes left when they did that, and they were, had first yeah. or second and goal and fumbled at the three-yard yeah. line. And then then the Dismukes thing happened with like, I don't know, 40 seconds left, what whatever, under a minute right. when was they were it, frantically trying to get back into field goal right. position. But, but, well, but the thing is, I thought they were kind of already right there on that verge of field goal range. Yeah, I mean, and, they were 30 was, or 35, but yeah. I'm sorry, if you're at the three yeah, or four-yard well, line, true. that's way more crushing. Yeah. And it, yeah, I uh, I get you. Yeah, I mean, 100%. But I mean, but either way, what we're talking about is an unforced error. Right. Like I said, Ob- Obamanu dropping a ball in the back of the end zone that just, I mean, wide open and hits him in the chest for, the, for a game winner with like a couple of seconds left, and you just drop it. That is that's an unforced error. Fumbling the ball on the three on a bad exchange, you know. Listen, if a defensive end comes across and just absolutely slobber knocks you and knocks the ball out, yeah, that really stinks. But he made a play. If you just drop the handoff, if you just have an unforced error and that costs you a game, then that's on you. You have nobody else to blame except for you on that one. In the case of that game last night. That was a pop-up. That that was a simple pop-up that should have been caught and would have been caught probably 99% and of the time. And it's hard even on that play to blame somebody because it's also like, what do you do to not lose the ball in the light? Well, I mean... It's they, kind of just like... A, it's kind of a circumstance that's not really all the way in your control. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it... it mm, kind of not, but yeah, it still kind of is. Because what, what are you supposed to do? Well, I mean, no, seriously, well, what, what are you supposed to do? I, well, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I mean, was there... Do you wear sunglasses what, at night? If you need to. I mean, was but there... But would, would it be 100% what, foolproof, though? Well, but, but the other thing is I'm also not in the psyche of those guys' heads at the time. You know, was there a little bit of a lack of focus, even just for like a split-second lack of focus where you didn't see the ball come off the bat? I don't know. You're still losing the lights, though, because I've been I there. Mean, sure. No, I've no, no. I, I, I get it. I've been there. Um, I didn't lose it in the and, lights. And it's also it's also you know the fact that both the center fielder and the right fielder had no idea where the ball is at. So it's obviously something yeah. going on there that was difficult. But still, like I said though, that's still an unforced error. It's a pop up. Okay, yes, they both lost it. I, I get it, and, and things happen. But you know, I, it's a play that should be made. You you've still got to make. At the end of the day, you still have to make that play. Um, but if you just consider, if you just say that's the elements then uh, you know the best thing i could, you know would think of with that would uh there was a a old mid there was a an egg bowl game there was an egg bowl game back and i forget when it was to where it was a kicker for either old miss mississippi state kicking a last second chip shot field goal kicks it the ball is right down the middle and a wind gust blows the ball off to the side and it goes no good. But I mean, it was right down the middle, and the wind gust blew it. Well, that you can't as the kicker, you can't control it. You, yeah, you literally did not miss that field goal. The field goal's right down the middle, and Mother Nature just went no. Yeah, and so <laughs> but see, you know, but here's but, so, but here's yes, the difference. But, so that's no, there's that a difference. But me. I mean, the the kicker did his job on that one. So you're saying like a sudden gust? Or you're oh, saying, it was a ba- it was a okay. it was they they called. In the legendary, the lore of the Egg Bowl, that field goal that's talked about sure. of Mother Nature 
Because I'm going to say if it's just generic wind, even if it's heavy wind, you know the wind exists. You have to prepare yeah. your kick for this, the wind. This was a weird, a weird, weird situation with that one. Gotcha. Uh, we've got a, a line of phone calls here, so we're going to go to our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show, Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you doing? Doing good. And you guys? Doing well. You guys hear anything about Harvey Glance passing away? I just saw, I saw that uh, a little while ago uh, that Harvey Glance had passed away, and I had not had a chance to fully look into it, but I saw somebody on Twitter uh, saying, rest in peace to Harvey Glantz. Uh, that's uh, sad news. Yeah, it is. I tell you, he's a real nice guy. I remember when I was uh, a student at Kerry Wood School, elementary school back in the day, uh, he was just fresh off of uh, coming out of the Olympics, winning that gold medal and everything, and he came through the school and uh, did a little something for us. You know, he uh, did a little running and uh, jumping and everything and uh, just entertained the whole school and uh, signed as many autographs as he could and just all-around first-class guy. And then later on, as I got in high school or whatnot, I bumped him to him again. I think might have been in 88 when he was trying to make the Olympic team. I'm not sure if he made it that year or not, but ended up uh, bumping into him downtown. And, you know, he talked a little bit about uh, his career and everything, how he got to Auburn out of Phoenix City and uh, came on a football scholarship at first, but uh, messed around and, and really started excelling track and, and switched over that full time and whatnot. But just like I said, all around first class guy. I just wanted to put that out there if anybody didn't know. But y'all have a good one. You too, Anthony. Appreciate that phone call. That is Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line now. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free. one at tiger 9 Next up, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is with us. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you all. How are you? Doing well. Uh, man, this fits right into the scenario you're talking about baseball, how it how it's just a mistake or something, how to lose it. I, uh, My son was playing, or my grandson was playing softball on one field, but I was watching over on the other field. It was a 10, I think it was 10 old All-Stars. The, the, it was a tournament going on, so the next team goes to the next round, and it was, uh, it was tied up. They've been going back and forth, back and forth. It was tied up in the last inning, and uh, a kid gets up. He hits a double to start off the inning. They get it out. He gets over to third. Guy pops out. So you got a runner at third base, two outs, and it's the bottom of the inning. If they score, they win. The next batter up, they're at their ninth batter. Now, I mean, this kid shaking his boots. He doesn't even want to be, I mean, but he's an all-star, right? But he just happens to be the worst hitter of all the all-stars. He gets up there. He's got two strikes on him and no balls. That kid hits the ball straight to the pitcher. The pitcher throws, the runner from third is going. The pitcher throws it home. The catcher catches the ball and doesn't tag him out and they lose. Whoa, yeah. Man, all you had, and you said two breaker. outs, right? Yes. And so all you had to do was go to first or, yeah. Throw to first base. Yep. But he threw it, the catcher was right there. And the catcher, I mean, like I say, he didn't know, just saw a runner at third, and he's running, so it's a fourth, he thinks, or maybe nobody's ever taught him. 
that you had to tag them on the, you know, if it's not a force. I don't know. But I, I was sitting there and I go, they thought the kids were running off the field thinking they, you know, kept them from scoring. They didn't even know they had lost. Man. Yeah, so they that all all seem like they they all they must not have been taught that yet if they all thought yeah. uh, the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh the parents of course, and most of the, some of the parents didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Uh they they and the umpire, the coach came out and said he's out. He goes he didn't tag him and he goes, "Oh my gosh." Like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot to coach him that." <laughs> I mean, it, oh gosh, what a heartbreaker. I just wanted to put that in there because, like you say, those are grown men. They can get NIL money. These kids, they just get a trip home. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I just wanted to share that with you. We'll talk to you all later on. Sounds good, Jeff. Appreciate that story. All right. That is Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, man, that's. That's a different kind of heartbreak. You watch your your child lose in a way that yeah. you know if you if you were just a little older, then you would kind of be taught everything that that you needed to do there. Uh, I came up with some more because again, you got to think outside the bar, uh, box. Heartbreaking. So real quickly, you only got about a minute left. We will get to James from Montgomery to start this next hour. So at five o'clock, we will get to James from Montgomery, who's been patiently waiting, um, but we only have sixty seconds here basketball would you rather or would it be less painful because you don't want to do either of these things if you're down one miss two free throws to lose or have the other team hit a buzzer beating half court shot miss Not two free throws free, the, what would you rather have or? I would rather have that happen you'd rather lose by missing two free yep. throws yeah, because then I knew that we had the opportunity to do something. Uh, to, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We're we're agreeing, but we're agreeing it different. I, I would say it would it stinks more. Yeah, for to, you to lose that because that again unforced error. I mean, you make free throws. You just have to. Yeah. You know what hurts worse is uh, so having, you would a team, re- having a team not get called for a double dribble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then get called for some stupid foul with zero time on the clock and watching your t- watching the other team so, hit three free throws to end your season. Yeah. <laughs> I, we know. We know. So you're again to clarify, you're both saying that it would be more painful to lose with the half court shot. Yes. No, it would be more painful. Then you're not agreeing then because oh. Brooks is saying it's more painful to lose. It's more with, painful to lose when you miss the free throws because you have the chance to do that. You did not take care of your own business. But Brooks is saying half-court shots. So yeah, you know, I'm saying it's more painful to lose when they hit a half-court shot. See, I, I don't I, – on that one – Because you, you think you've got it won. Oh, sure, but yeah. you can – see. I, I think I'm with but, Brooks. I don't well, know. I haven't decided yet. See, How about you guys <laughs> argue about it? Uh, but see, I look at it and I'm like, well, he made the shot. But, I mean, if you're at the free throw line – Yeah, but it's a long shot. True. It's not a normal shot. It's like a 2% shot. Yeah, sure. I don't know. We're going to debate this on the other side. We're out of time for hour number two. Again, James from Montgomery will come up. We'll continue these debates with the most painful ways of losing on the heels of Texas, losing a uh, fly ball in the Lions last night. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. 
To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy with you here on this Tuesday. We're going to get to James from Montgomery in just a moment. I do have a rebuttal, or I, I picked a side during the timeout to which is better to lose by or which is less painful. Oh. And I think it is less painful to miss your free throws. Here is why. I have lost on a 30-footer before in a national title game when Chris Jenkins buried North Carolina. What happens in that dynamic is you feel helpless because there's nothing you could have done. And maybe you did the right things and you checked all the boxes and someone still beat you anyway. And that's heartbreaking to come to the reality that no matter what you did, it was not enough. But when you miss your free throws, it's more of a frustration and anger with your with your own team or with yourself more than it is heartbreaking. Because what I view heartbreaking as something more of a sad uh, instance than a mad instance. When you miss free throws of which you should make, then you feel upset about that. It's like, man, you just missed this thing that people make 75, 85, 90% of the time twice, and you could have at least tied it. But when someone hits an unbelievable shot, like that's why I even use the qualifier of like a long shot, like a half court shot, not just like a layup or they create this wide open three. Like someone makes a half court shot, a shot that is like a 1% play, 1% shot. It's like, what are you? What could we have done? And it hurts to know there's nothing you could have done when someone makes a shot that incredible. Right. And so that's why it hurts me far more. I promise you, if North Carolina had just missed two free throws in that game, just would have been frustrated. But Chris Jenkins hitting that 25-30 footer to win, that hurt a hell of a lot more. Sure. I was on the floor for 15 minutes. Uh, I did. Oh. Uh, the thing that got me up off the floor, off my parents' uh, living room floor, was, son, you've got to go to class tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> so that's what made me move because I was just gonna lay there. I was just gonna lay there. Well, and 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 seeing, I guess that's where we differ on it. Is all of them are heartbreaking, but I mean, I think for me, the the biggest heartbreak for for me, the biggest heartbreak of a loss is the choke, just the a pure choke job. And yeah, I get it. If they hit the shot, you know, you did everything you could, and that breaks your heart. But to me, it breaks my heart more of anger when you just screw it up when your team. So your heart breaks just, more from anger than from sadness. Sure, because I can. I uh, 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 yes, because of the anger. Yeah, the anger side of it. Because I can also sit back and look at it. It's like, yeah, there's nothing I could do. They just made the shot, and it's like that is that's what's frustrating to me. It's frustrating when. You do everything that you could do, and they just made the play. I could sit there and look at it from that other side and go, "Dadgummit, they just made the play." That stinks. That I mean, I wish, wish we could have defended better. And you go back and look, it's like, dang, if we had just this guy had just done that, you know, maybe. But ultimately, they just made the play, and that it's heartbreaking that they did that. But I mean, to me, that heartbreak of anger when you just choke. 
when you're at the line shooting two free throws down by one and you miss both of them. That's just a choke, and that that angers me at my team and breaks my heart. When Ben Obamano drops a ball in the back of the end zone wide open, that makes me angry but breaks my heart even more than if Eli Manning had just – you know, scored the touchdown and Auburn went three and out or or just turned it over on downs or whatever instead of driving back down the field on fourth and two and Jason Campbell rolls out to his right and throws back across to wide open Ben Obamano with 37 seconds left and he just drops it. That hurts worse than – because otherwise I could have just looked at it and gone, well, I mean, I think I maybe said Peyton Manning. I mean, Eli Manning. Um, Eli Manning. I could have just gone, I mean, it's Eli Manning. Of course he led them down the field and scored a touchdown in the last seconds. I mean, what are you going to do? So I I, guess that's just where we differ. Yeah, I think it just boils – again, it boils down to which emotion breaks the heart for us. It it breaks my heart more when my team just chokes away a sure thing. And that's the the issue that we run into when you're – thinking about texas fans right now but now you also consider the fact that there were two of them that didn't see the ball the ball is up in the air and you there's know, something to that yeah. there you know to get caught in the lights or caught in the twilight sky because i mentioned that texas a&m had dropped two similar yeah and there's something apparently out there in that stadium with the mixture of the sky and the lights that makes it very difficult out there uh, for outfielders that are not used to it. So, yeah, you take that into consideration, but still the guy just popped one up to right field and all of a sudden nobody could find it. Yeah, and you know? and you're out. It's tough. 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one 888 And join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. We go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, thank you for waiting for us. How are you doing today? I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. I know that y'all were talking about um, like what's really hard to like compare like of losing. Yeah, hard hard ways to lose, heartbreaking ways to lose. Um, I would actually have to say the hardest way that I've actually seen a loss. I would actually have to say Auburn versus LSU in Jordan Hare Stadium. When I was actually there, when they, when Auburn actually played against LSU, I think this was a night game. I think this was like two, I think this was like 20, 2023 or 2022 or 2020, probably I'll say 2021 when I was actually there. And when we were actually playing uh, LSU, they actually, this was during the second quarter of the game. We were, we were about to win the game anyway and they showed on the video screen on the on the jumbotron in uh jordan Hare stadium uh it was called the history of the barn burn game and that they should not shown that one they should not have shown the history of that game i think that was like in the 80s i think that was like 88 to 89 yeah, uh, I, I so you're talking about a game that they showed, not the game that you were at. Yes, it, it was. Well, the game that we were playing was um, Auburn versus LSU, but they were showing highlights of of the of the rivalry uh, between Auburn and LSU. Right. 
I got like, you. It was, it, it was a rivalry game between Auburn and Alabama, uh, Auburn and LSU, and then they showed the highlight from years past when Auburn and LSU played years ago. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's uh, obviously tough losses happen from time to time for sure. But uh, yeah, no. What else is on your mind today? Yeah. Um, well, the only thing that I can actually think of is the comment that y'all were talking about. Like, if it was like a thirty foot uh, shot or like a two free throws, I'll, I'll go with the two free throws. I, I can just. You know, if it's like a tie game, if I was playing with Auburn and we were playing against Alabama and it was a tie game, one second on the clock, I'll just shoot those two free throws and just call it call it a game right there and end it. Yeah. Uh, again, that's uh, I'm just creating some, some difficult ways to lose. Uh, obviously, all these ways are, are not fun because they involve losing, but uh, that's, the, that's the direction Tom went with the missing the two free throws. Yes, because I've actually seen in sports, I've seen like in the NFL Super Bowls, I've seen, um, you know, some Super Bowl games that's gone the distance, you know, seeing some uh, highlights yesterday of uh, seeing some Super Bowls. Uh, one was uh, the Ice Bowl, you know, seeing uh, the Green Bay Packers playing, uh, I think it was like the Ice Bowl playing against the Dallas Cowboys and uh, seeing I, I I mean, seeing that as a as a Cowboy fan, that really hurt my heart as well. And you know, if I was around that time, I mean that that would have been our our year. That would have been the Cowboys' year to actually win the Ice Bowl. Yeah, uh, again, that's uh, certainly a, a lot of uh, you know us sports fans, especially if you follow a lot of different sports, you you end up with. Uh, a lot of great wins, but also a lot of great loss or a lot of tough losses sometimes. Yes, as well. Just like uh, last night for the NBA Finals, uh, seeing uh, the Denver Nuggets uh, trying to make a comeback in the fourth quarter, they actually did. And just like I said yesterday, you know, it was like game what four, and the uh, this last night was game five, and I knew that uh, the the. Golden, the Denver Nuggets was going to win the uh, NBA Finals championship, and I was correct that the that the Denver Nuggets were going to win the NBA Finals, and uh, Yakota Jokic actually got MVP. So I I was actually right about those two things as well. Very nice, very nice job, James. You've uh, you did a good job there. I know that uh, some of the conference finals predictions didn't go the best, but you rebounded, did a good job in the NBA Finals. Yeah, so I think, you know, with, with that, um, I'm actually looking into 2024 NBA Finals, and I'm actually looking at uh, the the Nuggets actually making another uh, chance at the NBA Finals in 2024. And who would I actually see play against the NBA Final champion? I'll probably say it would be the Golden State Warriors as, as well. Yes. And that will go... And that will go seven games at, at, at that as well. Well, that would be a great series. Now, of course, that does have to happen in the Western Conference playoffs because they are both uh, Western Conference teams. But do you, if that uh, if that is a series in the Western Conference playoffs, uh, you said it, you think it'd go seven games. Who do you think would end up winning the title? Um, I'll probably say it would be Yakari uh, Jokic again. You know, winning the winning. Uh, his second MVP as well. All right, you got uh, you got Nikola Jokic in the 
and the Denver Nuggets. I got you. Yes, and um, I'm just going to see who's actually going to play in the WNBA uh, playoff whenever that time comes and who's going to be the WNBA champions. I think it will be the Las Vegas Aces. I I see great things coming out of them. And um, with the Las Vegas Aces, I'll see my Dallas Wings actually meeting up in the WNBA finals whenever that time uh, comes around for my Dallas Wings as well. Yeah, I know they're still probably pretty early in the season, so that might be a couple months off, but we shall see. Yes, as well, because I know um, it's going to be a lot. I know with uh, the NBA um, behind me, and um, I'm just looking forward to uh, the the opening season, to uh, the NFL season, which I'm counting down the days to the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony. I'm going to watch that one, and I'm going to watch the Hall of Fame game and actually see if uh, if the Cleveland Browns are going to win the the Hall of Fame game as well. Yeah, you've uh, you're, you're definitely very excited about that one. You you brought it up here a couple couple straight days, and I know we're all excited for football to get here, but still a couple months away, and uh, it's going to be another fun season of football. Yes, I saw because every year in August, I'm always watching. The uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony is one of my favorite uh, ceremonies. I always have tears in my eyes when I see some of these great legends of the past and some of the great legends of the future actually uh, doing some great uh, speeches. And I actually just, you know, I, I actually be moved to tears to see some of the some of the great uh, players of, of the future actually being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. Which current Cowboys player do you think will next make the Hall of Fame? Oh, man, there's so many Cowboy uh, players that I would like to see. I will actually have to say I will go with my quarterback, Dak Prescott. I'll probably see him actually going into the Hall of Fame with, uh, let's see, either Ezekiel Elliott or Michael Parson to actually add to um, to Dak Prescott, um, you know, enshrinement as well. Yeah, unfortunately, Elliot, you know, still a free agent, so we'll see where he he ends up this next year. And obviously, his career uh, got got kind of banged up there by the end. But certainly, Micah Parsons has been uh, tremendous, and uh, he is mm-hmm. off to a great start in his young career. Yes, I saw because I did see that on my Twitter feed. There were uh, one of the uh, Cowboys. Players were saying that uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, he uh, he was, you know, very upset that he was going to, you know, be a free agent. But I think Jerry Jones, um, I don't know what what the press conference was going to say, but I'll probably listen to it sometime uh, this weekend. And I think uh, Mike McCarthy said that uh, Ezekiel Elliott will stay as a cowboy as well. So it's going to be hard for, for cowboy fans to see um, a great player in Ezekiel Elliott actually leave us as well. Yeah. We'll still have to see uh, which team he ends up playing for in the fall. That's still very much to be determined. What else you got on your mind? Well, I'm actually going to be watching the Stanley cup playoffs, and I'm going to see if the golden, the Las Vegas golden Knights will actually take game five and, this is actually going to be like the NBA uh, finals, but this is actually played on ice. So I think the Golden 
the Golden Knights will take Game Five as well. So there are three, three to one. So I think tonight would be four games to one as well. So you think Las Vegas will close it out tonight? What do you have the score being? Um, I don't know the score in hockey, so I'll just have to say it'll be. I'll probably say it would be like six two. Six two. Okay, high scoring game, but Vegas did score around that many goals earlier in the series. So uh, we, we will see about that. You got any final thoughts for us today, James? Um, I don't have any final thoughts for you all to, um, for today, but I might as well have um, some for tomorrow. I might have like some 80 uh, candy trivia. 80s candy trivia. Okay, that's, yes. that's a little different. We've definitely never done that one before. All right. Sounds good, and talk to y'all guys on tomorrow. War Eagle. War Eagle, James. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out. Back with more sports call right after this. Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Tom Peavy here on this Tuesday. Starting to wind things down on this Tuesday. We've had uh, great caller participation today. Certainly appreciate everyone for calling in. Uh, kind of got it started there with the the topic of heartbreaking losses in sports. One of the more heartbreaking ways to lose occurred last night. Ball getting lost in the lights in that Texas and Stanford game and certainly was uh, got to be soul-crushing if you're a Texas fan. Let me flip this the other way. What like it is it, Maybe this is not a great conversation. Is the best win, best way to win always a walk-off, or is there some other do – you, do you revel in someone else's failure, or do you always want to be creating the – the big epic home run or in basketball you want to hit the game winning shot like yeah. like is there anybody that wants like a goal line stand instead of the game winning touchdown that that sort of thing Oof. uh see so, you know you know just taking basketball for instance I, I i want to be the one that hits that last second shot I, i've seen you know i witnessed uh it was not to save the season or anything, but you know, I witnessed a, almost a half court shot from Auburn to beat Alabama uh, in basketball here, and I was actually in Beardies. <clears throat> in Beardies, to me, those are as a fan, those are just always so much more epic. To me, I like that type of win, and this is where we differed on the loss and the heartbreaking loss. I would rather win like that 
then have my guy sit at the free throw line and hit two free throws because it's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to do that. You're, you you get to the line, you're supposed to hit two free throws when you're down by one. I mean, it's the easiest shot in basketball. That's automatic. That's about as automatic as it can get. Driving down the court and throwing one up as as the buzzer goes off. There's nothing more thrilling. Than that, that. Exactly. Yeah. So, that that's yeah. why it hurts me the most, but it also make gives me the most joy right. because you kind of know how that feels on the other side. But also, it's that it's the sudden nature of it too, in a way. Now, a lot of these plays still occur quickly, but it's so sudden because you, as the team, deep down, don't feel like it's going in. Like you, you don't feel like you're going to make that play or make that shot. And then it does, and you're just like, holy blank, you know, you're just you're just so excited. Uh, and, but it does vary by sport because in football, like I could see the appeal of like getting a fourth down sack to end it. Right. You know, when the other team's at the goal, you know, fourth and goal or whatever. I could see that just as much as a touchdown because the football drive, the play, is not as sudden. Like I'm looking for as a fan that sudden euphoria. Right. Where in football you kind of, if you're just running it down someone's throat, like imagine Auburn Florida State if that was twenty seconds to go and they score. And it's just like this feel you know, like it's it is obviously great. They won't they would have won, but it's also like, well, we've been driving for three minutes now getting twelve yard gashes, like, yeah, it's gonna right. happen. <clears throat> however, what if it had but however the Auburn Georgia play or Auburn Alabama play, which is so unexpectedly sudden. I mean, you see that ball in midair in Auburn Georgia, and you're like Auburn has lost this game. Yeah. Five seconds later, Lewis is going to score. Yeah. And it it is a sudden euphoria that is not always achieved just by like there's obviously there's obviously something great in just beating someone just to beat them but that to me is more like oh yeah you actually beat someone by a lot if you're just having the the slow drive the slow march you know that that's great there's building up over time but you almost feel like okay the circumstances are here we should do this you start to get this expectation that it's going to happen whereas the sudden one play uh gets to be more euphoric sure i agree well and here's the thing and i and People, you know, may knock me on this, but even to the extent of in just 2013, to me, it was more euphoric. And I think the stadium was more euphoric with the instant in the Georgia game. Now, the kick six, the place went nuts. Sure. But it it built. It was like, okay, you know, yay, we're happy he missed a field goal. Oh my gosh, he's running it! Oh my gosh, you had a build up there. It's building up, it's building up, and then it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The Georgia one is like, like you said, balls in the air, and it's like, oh, it's over, boom! Like, yeah, euphoria! Oh my gosh, that just happened. Yep, I remember that. That euphoria is what I like. Is when the when the roof blows off Jordan Hare Stadium. We we have this deal uh, at my parents' house. And I think it's fixed now post-tornado. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but we had this deal where depending on where you jumped or, or walked in the living room, you could like make the make a light flicker. If you if right. you stepped on a very particular spot of the living room, the yeah. light could flicker. And I remember uh, mom was at work. Dad was on his way to work. And 
Auburn, you know, Georgia had come back. Auburn blown that game. Dad left. He was upset. It was like, man, they choked that one off. And, and I'm, I was like, no, this can't be true. This can't be true. And then that play happens, and I hit that sweet spot where I almost just turned the lights off when I was jumping up and down. Yeah. The suddenness of it called Dad. It was like they just, they just scored. They just scored. They just scored. Blah blah blah. Um, and so, even with the kick six i see what you're saying because as a moment like when you go back and grade it like that's the bigger moment that's right. the that's the obviously everyone will always remember auburn georgia too but at a national level like the conversation starts with how the 2013 iron bowl ended yeah but for a holy crap moment than that georgia moment because it you saw your own failure mid-play yeah like you saw the end it was there the alabama uh, auburn <clears throat> game was just a sense of relief at first because you're like, okay, all right, we're not losing on this play, but we might win. Wait a minute. We might win. Oh my God, they're going to win. You know? So it wasn't, it wasn't the same stakes in that instance because the fear of losing had already deteriorated. It was, it was from you lost to you basically won on the Georgia play in a split second. And I, so I see what you're saying wholeheartedly there. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, but here's the other thing, and, and I'm kind of going on, well, not a different route, but kind sure, of a different route. Um, so, and it kind of goes back to about losing games, and like how I said, you know, I, 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 my heartbreak comes from the anger of like when your team chokes. Okay, well, on the flip side of that, if I win a game, and it's because the other team just choked. Yes, I'm happy, but it's more of like a ha ha ha! Look what you dummies did, instead of. Wow, my team, my team just pulled that off. They just pulled that out of their rear end. It should have never happened. They just put the Georgia game again. That ball game's over, and somehow they tip Knock it, it up. To, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, we just pulled that off somehow, some way. We just pulled a miracle out of our rear ends. Not, <laughs> you dummies dropped a pop fly. What is wrong with you? Hey, I'll take the win. Thanks for the freebie. Yeah. You know, I, I I hate to say it's an empty victory, but it almost kind of sort of is because like feel a little guilty. Yeah, about he's it. like, like dang, really he's like, we it. didn't really earn that. I mean, they, we literally just popped the ball up to right field and they lost it. And it's like, thanks, I appreciate it, but I'd have much rather my guy bomb one four hundred and fifty feet. Hooray, we did it. It's like no, he he hit it a hundred feet and they lost it in the lights. It's like. Okay. I'll give you my basketball Thanks. version of that was the final four game where so the year after Chris Jenkins broke my heart for Carolina against Carolina, Carolina has that redemption mm-hmm. year in the final four. Remember Oregon gave up three a uh, two or three straight offensive rebounds on free throws. Carolina missed two straight like back ends of one and one or back ends of free throws and they gave up offensive rebounds both times. Carolina was able to run out the clock rather than Oregon have at first it would have been a, a potential to win the game and the second time would have been at least they could have tied it and they didn't get either offensive rebounds. Like well, like on some end yes, it's great for Carolina they did do a good job on the glass but also it's like you you made that same mistake twice, a mistake yeah. that you can't make if you're Oregon. Uh, Brooks, what do you got? What what do you, do you have any that come to mind for you, or you agree with kind of the suddenness being maybe the preferred way to win? Um, I don't know. I, I well, uh, I think the preferred way to win would just be dominate from the, the get go. It's just pull oh, yeah, someone sure, out, of course. Um, uh, but uh, 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I agree. No, I I don't want the stress if I don't have yeah. the stress. But um, I think if if I'm looking at you know you brought up uh, would I rather win on a last second offensive play or a last second like goal line stand? Sure. I would probably rather win on a last second like miracle offensive play. Otherwise, if you get to a goal line stand, that means I've been stressing for a whole drive. Like, oh, come on, you got to get a stop here. You got to get a stop. And then, oh, no, you didn't get a stop. And then you're you're sitting there stressing about it right at the very end, getting a last-second stop on the goal line. Um, so I, I think I'd prefer a, a last-second, like, oh, here's a here's a, a Georgia play, 2013 Georgia play, where we you know you score last minute. Um, man, you know – I don't know if any, any specifics you you know you, you brought up the you know the the big ones for Auburn. Do you want me to give you another scenario? Yeah, that's not team related. So, baseball. Would you rather? And I'll, and I'll give you two because I think I know your answer to the first one. But the first one: Would you rather rob the home run with two outs that would have lost you the game, but then you won the game, or would you rather hit the walk off? Hit the walk off. Yeah. All right. What about just a single? Would you rather hit a walk off <clears throat> single? Or would you rather rob a home run? Probably the walk off single. Okay, so I, I single. love the walk off. Okay. Yeah, the the walk the walk offs. Um, they're still euphoric because they're because yeah. it's inherently euphoric and it's inherently sudden in baseball because you're still working with probabilities between twenty five and thirty percent of the time, so you can never really like fully expect the moment, right? If that makes sense, maybe if there's no outs and the bases are loaded, you know, just like anything wins, just anything, fly yeah. ball, pass ball, balk, homer, double, sink, you know, whatever. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is, the other is, you know, the euphoria of a. I, I'm still going to say a walk, <clears throat> a walk off hit is going to bring you more euphoria. But let's just say you rob a game, you rob a game winning home run for the a walk off. It would have been a right. walk off last out of the game. Say last out of the World Series, they hit a they they hit a show enough walk off home run. And your guy climbs the wall and brings it back in. You win the World Series because of that. Yeah, it's pretty sexy. That's yeah. pretty sexy. <laughs> but I would still rather be on the end of the hit the walk off. Yeah. No, it, it's uh. <clears throat> so I was trying to think but again. I can't really compare that because that's not a that's not a choke either way. I mean, that's right. You know, that's it's you. Just a great play. Doing, that's just a great play. That's you. That is. That is your team doing that thing. Sure, it's two great plays and Instead someone else miss out. Right. Okay, so. Now, if it bounces off the outfielder's noggin and goes over for a walk-off home run, then it's like, what the hell? I was going to say, all right, so let me try <laughs> one more time. They pull a Jose Canseco and it bounces off his head and goes over and that's a walk-off home run, then it's like, hmm. Like, even as, I'm, yeah, as the team that just hit the home run, I'm euphoric about it, but then it's like, okay, like. Yeah, like if Thank, someone makes an error, thanks, and thanks for that one. That you let the ball bounce off your dadgum head and go over the fence. Okay, but you know, it still leaves a little, still leaves a little shallow there. It's like, mm, okay, yeah. Thanks for the gift. And then is it is there because you could really get in the weeds? Is it a type of error? Like is something like it's almost an all time blunder like that, or like just Bill a Buckner, like or is it a generic like oh the shortstop just overthrew the first baseman and we just scored and now it's over. You know, which we well, Auburn saw that one uh, shortstop. I, I again, I forget if it was the regional or if it was the SEC tournament, but we lost a game where third out, game over, and right. and airmails one to first base. And see, that's the one that breaks your heart because it's like that's a simple play. You just choked. You, when you just flat out choked, that makes me mad. That breaks my heart. 
more see, so I than, think in baseball, and I think that's why these sports are different. I've tried to differentiate some different scenarios because in baseball, I'm more likely to say that my own mistake gets me the most hurt because, yeah. like, I can think of Bryce Har- Harper like tanking one 450 feet, and you kind of, but you see, it still gets into sad versus mad. That makes me matter. I'm like upset that someone just took the pitcher. A million feet deep to end it right but then i get more hurt because it's like oh this guy just made a 98 percent play and he made it wrong and he right. didn't make so, the play you know, so, so i still <clears throat> it still derives out of sadness for me but i guess the sadness yeah. is differently placed right well so so like in baseball and again and that's kind of where i consider it with the compared to the basketball i obviously we don't neither of us like to lose we don't like to see our team lose but if i'm going to lose that baseball game i would rather that guy hit one that is just barely out of the reach of my shortstop and and it scores the run that wins it's like that just dadgummit that stings if that ball was two more inches into the shortstop he'd have made that play that one burns me up i hate it but when you hit one right at the shortstop game over just make the throw to first base and for whatever reason you double pump double pump and then you sell one into the bleachers and they score the winning run and win the game and it's like what the hell just happened? I mean that that I don't want to ever lose a game like that. I would much rather the other team do something to win it instead of me screwing it up. And that's again why I would much rather lose if they hit a shot, if they hit a half court shot, then it's like, you know what, dude, you hit that shot. You should have never in a million years made that shot, but you know what? You made the shot. However, my team was at the free throw, and all I needed to do is hit two free throws, and he doinked both of them, and it's like, wow, all right, thanks. I've been racking my brain on to find another sport or two to mm-hmm. find a scenario, and I wasn't really finding it when I was thinking about golf or hockey. NASCAR. I did. I thought of one for yeah. NASCAR. So would you rather your driver – I don't know who your favorite driver is right now, but would, you, would your favorite driver – would it be better for them to lose a photo finish at the line – or better to lose having a flat tire with like one lap to go or running out of field. Now, it, all right, so that, Wh- which one is more painful to lose? You uh, lose the, it at the, the line, or you lose a see, easy to lead. Me, <clears throat> I, to me, it would be blowing a tire or running out of gas when when you, it's like that happened to Kyle Larson last yeah. year. Pocono, by the way, he was on the last well, lap. Yeah. Uh, um, they started to call him as the winner, and then the last turn he banged against the wall yep. and flat tire um i i remember and i i've never really had a favorite driver but i remember dale Earnhardt jr uh, and i forget what track it was at i mean he was way out in front of everybody but they were like oh they're like we know he's close on fuel he's really close and he had already been doing everything and then all of a sudden i think on the last lap all of a sudden you saw him like everybody's gaining ground and they're like oh no he's out of fuel <laughs> it's like that's one of those where if it's your driver, you're like, we got it, we got it, we got it. Yeah. You know what just happened. No, yeah. Now, if – It's if, not really driver error, but it's just – it's Well, yeah, but I mean – but it, it, again, yeah, you, you hate to say choke, but that's one of those that it, – it, that's choke because, I mean, it's right there. It's, it's there. Yeah, certain things happen. You blow a tire, you run out of fuel. There could be driver error where you just miss your line and you bang the wall and spin yourself sure, out. Sure, but I mean – that would be the ultimate choke. Yeah, that that that's is a true ulti- choke. That's I don't know if you're just running out of choke. gas. Right. Maybe it's a team choke. Maybe you didn't get. But sure. you see, if you got the gas full and you did everything you could to to save it, and you ran out with the lap to go, it's yeah, kind of, uh, yeah. Again, it's it's tough. Uh, but that but if if you're talking driver though, 
that's that's going to burn more than you and another dude are just right neck and neck, and he gets the bumper out in front of you at the line. It's like, ah, man, that dude did it. Uh, I mean, he he just did it. He had that one little extra like, thing. Because obviously that's like, happened a lot. Like if and, you're Mark Martin that lost, uh, what was it, Harvick at yeah. the line at Daytona one year. And then you had the Harvick and Gordon in Atlanta, like right. in '01 or '02, whatever sure. year that was. That's all sucks again. It's it, different it levels of suck. Sure. It sucks though. But it, and and but again, like you were talking about, it's like you know you want your guy to win so bad, and it's like he did everything right, and it's so helpless. It's like did everything perfectly right, but dadgummit, the guy just had that one little extra. But that's why yeah. I can sit there and go, ah, we did everything, but I mean the guy just. Made the play. The guy did that one little extra thing. I can sit there and kind of shrug it and go, man, that really stunk to lose that. But, hey, they made the play. It's, it burns it. This stinks. But they made the play. They hit the half-court shot. They hit the single. They hit the home run. They got the bumper out in front. They kicked the game-winning field goal, whatever. They did it. It sucks. But – if I crash myself out on the final lap or blow a tire or if I miss if I if I'm lining up for a game winning chip shot field goal and snap the ball over the holder's head, uh, if I double pump a, a you know a grounder to shortstop, double pump and sail one into the bleachers, miss two free throws, whatever, that it, that will burn me to death. Yeah. Like that just, those burn me when they, because that's a win that that's a win if you do the simple simple thing it's a win and you choke and that's the ones that burn me alive as a sports fan we're gonna go to our final timeout of the show we just completed kind of a depressing look on on various heartbreaking ways to lose oh, we can talk about minutes. happy wins <laughs> so we, we're well we're basically out of time for today we will talk about happier things tomorrow though when we have a wacky wednesday oh, and have a, have a fun show tomorrow but we're going to take our final time out of the tuesday show back to wrap it up right after this have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show hi my name is what my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 this is former auburn football player danny skutak and you are listening to the abby award-winning sports call auburn Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy, and Brooks Childress with you here on this. Everything okay? You look startled? I, I just heard the I heard microphones rattling. Oh, yeah, I, I rattled. I, I hit the microphone 
and you hadn't turned my mic on yet, uh-huh. and so we caught the back end of the. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I, oh, so you don't have head- see Ryan doesn't have the headphones on. Yeah, no, I'm being a bad boy right now. Yeah. Um, when you have the headphones on, you hear everything. So yeah, if you you bump a microphone, it just rattles your eardrums. Right. And usually, I'm very aware of that, but I was staring at Tom's beautiful face, and so I was not. Wow. Seeing Brooks, um, boy, your your ideas are beautiful. Are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was not watching. I'll take it though. Brooks play like a raccoon with the yeah. uh, with the mic. My mom thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> and that's good enough. <laughs> and your girlfriend, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. she thinks and she's going to be here day. tomorrow. So she says she's going to be here at the five for the for Wacky Wednesday, and yeah. um, I think I'm going to make her film. I, I say make her film it. <laughs> film it, woman. Yes. Come here, woman. Film yeah. this. Um, so, no, I think we're going to ask her very politely right, to in a loving way, in a very loving way, to film our Wacky Wednesday. Then that way we can share it on social media platforms so that everybody can actually Get visually witness yeah. what is going on with this. Very excited about and our own JJ Jackson will be on the show tomorrow. Be here tomorrow in the four o'clock hour and in the five o'clock Can't hour. Can't wait for that. Excited about that. Yeah, I know a lot of people miss that guy. So. Uh, I got I got to come up with some Asheville, North Carolina jokes now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's also just been all over the country traveling, so you can also make travel jokes. Yeah, hey, I came up too. with one already. Asheville, North Carolina. What more joke can you have? Just well, Asheville, <laughs> North Carolina. <Whoa>. Ouch. <laughs> Hurtful. Love you, JJ. If you're listening. <laughs> Last minute or two of the show time for Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer. Brooks, what do we have? Well, movie picks for you this evening. 7 o'clock on AMC. Verified it. It is the original. Ghostbusters is on tonight. i got to put that caveat in there because I, I got caught for not verifying that once. But 7 o'clock AMC. Ghostbusters is on tonight. Also, 7 o'clock is Thor The Dark World. If you want some more Marvel fixture for the evening, head over to that one. People say it's not one of the best ones. I kind of like it. Uh, then at 7 o'clock on Showtime, a more recent movie from 2019. It's 1917. Phenomenal movie. I think me did me and you see that in theaters together? Yes. It was a great movie. Those are the one, long one-shots yeah, and all it, that. It yeah, it feels like a one-shot the whole way. It's just it's a great, great movie. Uh, so those are your movie picks for the evening. And we gave you three movies because there's not a lot of sports on. I'll give you all the sports right now. Uh, 6 o'clock on TBS. It's the Subway Series tonight. New York Yankees visit the New York Mets. I'm sure a lot of Braves country will be rooting for the Yankees uh, tonight. Let's go Yanks. Then at 7 o'clock on TNT and True TV, it is Game 5 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Florida, Go- the Florida Golden Panthers uh, uh, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I don't think so. But. They're, they're the Florida Panthers. I went with <laughs> FIU Golden Panthers. The Florida Panthers pick on the Vegas Golden Knights at 7 o'clock on TNT and True TV, whichever one you, you feel like watching it on. You can watch it on either of them. So if you want to see commercials about drama or about uh, practical drink jokesters, that's their that's that's your, your choice. Your prerogative. There. And so that is in Look at Your Nightly TV Guide brought to you by friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much for that, Brooks, and yep. thank you for being on the show today. We'll see you a little bit later. See you then. And Tom Peavy, thank you for being on the show today, and we're excited about tomorrow, my friend. Uh, enjoyed the show, and I'm very excited about tomorrow. Yes, sir. And of course, as always, we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in today. For Brooks Childress and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.